Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 47, Being Confronted with Life. It's July 29th, 2022. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and podcaster. I'm also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be well-loved, happy, and healthy, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any capacity, and my music is by Howie Moskovich. Being confronted with life. Well, I have to tell you, this is not like the most exciting topic in the world or of the topics I've done. However, it is very significant, very important, and I'm over the moon excited today to be sharing some new research with you. Yes, to expand your vocabulary. And uh, the reason I'm so excited about this research is because it completely and totally validates everything I say in all of my podcasts and materials. So, of course, everyone likes to be validated. So, later in the podcast, I'm going to introduce you to the scientific field of psychoneuroimmunology. So, when in this podcast, when I'm talking about being confronted with life, I am not, I am not talking about a physical or verbal confrontation with someone in your life. That's confrontation of a different form. What I'm talking about is being confronted in life, by life, with life. And life can be very, very confronting, like extremely confronting. And I don't mean that it can be confronting because something bad happened. Sometimes we're confronted in life or by life with something that's really amazing and great. So today... I'm going to hopefully, you know, wake you up a little bit to the whole concept of being confronted with life, how that might show up in your life and what you can do about it. So I'm very excited. So let's go ahead and dive in. What I'm going to cover today is I'm going to define confrontation for you. I'm going to give you plenty of examples of situations in life that can be confronting some signs that you might be being confronted by something. I'm definitely going to get into the psychoneuroimmunology science, and that's really the science behind how stress impacts your health or can impact your health. What is often at play in confrontation, how your subconscious and unconscious thoughts and decisions factor into confrontation, give you just a couple quick exercises that might be helpful in the process. I'm going to give you some steps to move through confrontation if you're dealing with it, and then some takeaways and call to action. If you happen to be new new to my content, then you can visit my website at www.lisaalundy.com where I hope you'll visit my website because I hope you're going to enter my giveaway, which is called Look, Look, I Want a Book. I know that just makes me laugh. Um, And register to win a copy of my Love Life Handbook. 
so I'm running that through December 2022, but I'll probably come up with some other new giveaway because apparently uh, I love giveaways and I love the happiness people get from receiving free stuff. All right, next up is my disclaimer. <clears throat> I am not a health or medical professional in any way or a therapist. I am not. If you need medical or therapy advice, you should get your medical or therapy advice from a licensed healthcare professional, of which I'm not. Next, if you are suicidal or you've been thinking that um, of harming yourself or that you're just hopeless and life isn't worth living, I'm asking you, I'm begging you, to please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. Because there is help available and there's no shame in needing help. So I'm asking you to talk about it. I'm asking you to tell people and I'm asking you to make a phone call because people will help you. Maybe not the people you want to help you, but people will help you. All right, so what do I mean by confrontation? Well, the definition in the dictionary as a verb of confront is to face up to and deal with a problem or a difficult situation to tackle, to address. So in this instance, confrontation is the act or state of being confronted. I am not talking about a confrontation in the terms of a hostile meeting between parties. No, I'm not talking about that at all. So that's off the table. What I'm talking about is dealing with things in life, situations, decisions, happenings, whatever, conversations that, you know, are difficult. And, and I'm going to talk about why they're difficult. Um, and it's very common. It's very common to be confronted in life, but we're not, we don't talk about all the things I talk about in my podcasts and YouTube videos and uh, blog posts, although I think we should. So in the dictionary, stress is defined as any type of change that causes physical, emotional, or psychological strain. So stressful things can be confronting. Uh, on different levels. So what are the kinds of things that can cause confrontation or cause you to be confronted? Well, here's a list of things that can be confronting. They may or may not be confronting for you. I don't know. I'm not you. But here's some things that can cause people to be left feeling confronted. Number one, being left out or excluded, being criticized, judged, or condemned, relationship issues like starting or ending a relationship or sometimes just being in a relationship, getting married or getting divorced, making new friends or losing a friendship, moving, starting a new job, losing a job, being promoted or demoted, abuse of any kind, failing at something, being successful at something, having a child or adopting a child, financial problems, dysfunctional families or dysfunctional relationships, never getting married if that's what you wanted or never having children if that's what you wanted, pandemics, disasters, disabilities, illnesses, health problems of any kind, 
having a special needs child or adult, being a caregiver, having a dream die, being mistreated, having past wounds or traumas surface by whatever means, going on a date can be confronting, getting engaged, buying a house, graduating from high school or college. So, so there's a whole long list of things that can cause you to be confronted in your life. So that gives you the territory, lots of territory. And I'm going to give you some signs or signals that maybe you are being confronted by something because, again, we don't talk about this. So how would you know? So I have 10 here. There's, there's more than 10 signs, but these are kind of the top ones. So number one, you are upset, unhappy, depressed, sad, blue, or angry, resentful, or bitter. Next, you are having trouble sleeping, eating, or doing what you're supposed to be doing in life, what needs to be done. Next, you are having a physical symptom like pain, bathroom issues, migraines or headaches, etc. Some physical symptom. You are stalled or stuck in life. You are crying or sleeping a lot or otherwise not doing a whole lot. You are self-medicating with food, alcohol, or other things, including retail therapy. You have gained or lost weight without effort. You are not taking care of yourself, which, by the way, for some people listening to this podcast, taking care of themselves is not their typical pattern, so this wouldn't apply to you. But if you normally take care of yourself and you're not, that could be a sign. Your anxiety level is up and you are having trouble focusing. So those are some signs or signals that you could be confronted by something. So now I want to talk about the the new science. Well, it's not really new, but uh, psychoneuroimmunology. And this basically is the science behind how stress impacts your health. So to me, this is unbelievably exciting, of course, because it validates me and everything I say. But according to a PubMed article, psychoneuroimmunology, which they, by the way, abbreviate as PNI. So psychoneuroimmunology is a field of science that's about 40 years old that studies the interactions between behavior, the brain, and the immune system. So the, the credit for the term psychoneuroimmunology is most frequently given to Robert Adler for his work starting in the 1970s and sometimes also to Cohen. But what's important to note, in my opinion, <clears throat> is that as early as the 1920s, a Harvard physiologist by the name of Walter Cannon had demonstrated a direct relationship between stress and the neuroendocrine responses in laboratory animals. So that's uh, he's he's attributed to coining the phrase the fight or flight response, which is in common use in psychotherapy and other areas. But that flight or fight or flight response was coined back in 1927 or 1929. 
So is that research old enough for you to get behind? Well, if it's not, let me tell you. Hippocrates, who's attributed to be the father of medicine, wrote about this idea over 2,000 years ago. And uh, ancient uh, holistic healing systems from India and China embraced this idea as well over 2,000 years ago. Now, if you want more current research, Case Western Uni Reserve University has a study demonstrating that heartbreak, so having your heart broken, can take a toll on your IQ with a drop of 30% in reasoning and a 25% decrease in IQ after ex being exposed to rejection. <clears throat> now, in the common lay people field, stepping away from hardcore PubMed research, Dr. John Sarno, Dr. John Sarno Jr., was a professor of rehabilitation medicine at the New York University School of Medicine, and he was also an attending physician at the Howard A. Rusk Institute of Rehabilitation Medicine, New York University Medical Center. And he was a back surgeon who wrote about the pain being in your head. He developed, even though he made his his been but his money from doing surgery, he got a lot, a high percentage of his patients to address their back pain without surgery or other treatments. So you can find out about Dr. John Sarno and books he wrote, and there's even a film documentary about him. But I will tell you that <clears throat> uh, the research is clear and compelling. And the, the bottom line is that stress, confrontation, your own emotions, and what you think all swirl together to impact your health. So I want to give you some examples <clears throat> of how, of what happens when I am confronted by something from my life, <laughs> because I do get a physical representation or a physical manifestation, <laughs> some of which are not so hot, but uh, I just think it's important for you to know, like, this is, this is how I live my life, and I'm very clear that whenever I don't deal with something or I'm in the midst of, of figuring out something, it will show up in my body. So years ago, I was under a very stressful work situation. And unbeknownst to me, because I wasn't in tune with stress and confrontation showing up in your body or impacting your health, my hands started to break open and bleed. So it was like I had like 10 or 15 paper cuts on both of my hands that would appear spontaneously. So I didn't cut my hands on paper. I didn't go get 10 or 20 paper cuts on my hands, but they would just appear out of nowhere and bleed. And it was extremely painful, extremely painful. Well, you know what it's like when you get a paper cut. Imagine having awful, a raft of them. I mean, it looked horrible. I mean, people were like, oh, what do you have, leprosy? And I did. I went to the doctor, my primary care, who sent me to the dermatologist, who did skin biopsies, and had me on all these steroid creams, topical steroid creams, including including occlusion, or, or wrapping my hands in saran wrap with a high-potency steroid ointment. I mean, I did everything under the sun that medicine recommended, and they didn't get any better. And uh, so then eventually I was like, hmm, 
I, I'm whatever years old I am. I've never had this problem. Uh, medicine can't seem to explain it. What else could it be? And it was really literally that I was being horribly confronted by some very uh, traumatic uh, work events. And once I dealt with that, once I emotionally, mentally dealt with that process, my emotions, it was like magic. My hands healed up like overnight. Like it was, it was incredible. It was an unforgettable moment. And, and then years later, something happened and I was confronted again and it happened again. And it didn't occur to me right away. Oh yeah, this is this thing I'm being confronted, but it got really got really nasty and people like didn't even want to sit next to me. They didn't want to like touch anything I touched because it looked bad. And again, then I eventually was like, oh yeah, I'm probably confronting something. What's going on with me? What's happening? And again, it was, it was amazing. Like they would just like heal up like spontaneously. Uh, also, in addition, not at the same time, separately at different times, I've had back pain. That only happened, I think, once or twice. And only twice in my life have I had knee pain. <clears throat> once being last year, which of course it went on for like a week or more. Finally, I was like, hmm, I'm always really healthy. I never have pain. Why I, did I turn my knee when I was walking the dog? Like what happened? And then it hit me, oh, maybe this is a kind of confrontation of something I'm not dealing with. Oh yeah, it was a lot of confrontation with things that I hadn't really been managing or processing emotionally. And again, of course, then like crazy, my knee pain went away. So the other thing that sometimes happens is sometimes I'll get skin eruptions and um, only once or twice did my hands start to peel, almost like I had sunburn. And the other thing that sometimes occasionally happens when I'm mildly confronted is that out of the blue, I'll feel like, oh my gosh, I need a nap. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'll become overwhelmed suddenly with being tired. And no, if I know I have had plenty of sleep the night before, which is almost always the case, because I'm a great sleeper. I have a podcast about that, by the way, because you want to be a great sleeper. Um, you know, that's a sign to me, hmm, you know, what just happened? And then sometimes to, uh, gaining weight is a good signal that like makes me go, hmm, oh, I just gained a little bit of weight. What's going on? So those are physical manifestations for me personally. I could go on. That'd probably be a whole separate podcast. So you want to start to get the territory that we know in science that, you know, what's going on in your brain or your mind and your emotions can impact your health. So I want to just quickly address some of the things that are often at play in confrontation because I think it will be helpful to you as you're getting this whole new idea of confrontation or stress showing up in your life. So one of the things that's frequently at play is emotional pain. And that could be past emotional pain that's showing up, or it could be a current situation. Number two, fears. Fears are often underlying some kind of confrontation, whether they're known or unknown. And fear is one of those emotions that frequently operates what I call in stealth mode, you know, sadness, anger, fear, those emotions we're just not so great at. And so sometimes they're, they're in stealth mode. Uh, next, number three, undistinguished thoughts and feelings. So these would be thoughts or feelings, or it could be even decisions 
that are not in your conscious mind. They are laying in your subconscious or unconscious mind, which I'll talk about in a moment. Uh, number four, unresolved history or issues. So that could be current issues or issues from the past or the commingling. Uh, they could be in the area of job, career, relationship, divorce, marriage, abuse, traumas. Could be a lot of different things. And sometimes a current issue will bring up things from the past. Number five, uh, this is a big one, not proper, properly identifying, managing, or processing your emotions. So I do want to say about this, as a society and in the world, we are mostly very low in our skills in identifying, managing, and processing your emotions, which is something that... A, I'm highly skilled at, but B, a lot of my material is devoted to because that's going to give you a powerful, happy life. And what do I want for all of you? I want you to be happy, healthy, and well-loved even when life is difficult. So that's one, another thing that's often at play, and it could be a number of things in this list of what could be at play. The next thing is uh, what's called in psychology cognitive dissonance. And what that is, is that's the state of having some inconsistent thoughts, beliefs, or attitudes, especially of relating to either behavioral decisions or an attitude change, like a mismatch of sorts. So it could be, say, for example, I was working for a company that was committing fraud against their own customers, and that's a mismatch for my values. You don't do fraud. You don't do illegal things. You don't, just don't do anything. But it was, you know, it took me a while to, to, to pinpoint what was going on. So cognitive dissonance is really the part of your mind or your brain or your body where you want wholeness, you want consistency, you want homeostasis. So things that happen in life or things you're thinking or behaviors, whatever, that, that cause this mismatch will cause some level of confrontation in my opinion. And last thing, so I have seven things here that are often at play in confrontation, is becoming self-aware or engaging in growth and development. I am, All of my material is about growth and development. Why? Because you want to be happy. You want to be healthy. You want to be well-loved in life. And that's not where most people live. So growth and development is the access to love, to happiness, to being able to get through life more easily when it's very painful or hard. And sometimes when you engage in growth and development, you might have an aha moment where you're like, oh, yes, that is what I do. Oh, yes, I can see that's probably not the best thing for me. Or, oh, yeah, I can, I can see this or that. And sometimes that's a little painful. It's a little confronting. So those are seven things that are often at play. And sometimes it's a, it's a mix. It's more than one that are at play where, where you, now you can start to get the feeling that, yeah, this probably happens a lot more than I realized and I wasn't even aware. And we want to bring this into your life and into your conversations because this is where the freedom and power is. The freedom and power for you in listening to this podcast is being able to either currently, right now, or in the future, be able to recognize, oh, I think I'm being confronted. What am I being confronted by? So the next piece is a very deep and involved topic that I'm just going to touch on because I just did a podcast on it. So that's 
where you can go get more information, but it's really about how your subconscious and unconscious thoughts and decisions and emotions factor into confrontation. So if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't heard any of my previous podcasts where I talk about the subconscious and unconscious mind, this is a whole new thing for you and you don't know what I'm talking about. So the mind is broken up into three parts, basically, if you look at the research, what you're aware of or your consciousness, and then your subconscious and unconscious mind. And the subconscious, unconscious mind makes up about 90% of your mind. So you only have access to about 10%. So oftentimes when we're confronting something or we're experiencing symptoms of confrontation or we know that there's confrontation, sometimes it's below the surface. Sometimes it's not right there where you're completely aware of it. And that's when having a better grip on the concept of your subconscious and unconscious mind is really powerful because it's, it's a tool. So in dealing with or being confronted in life, it's helpful to know that it might not be right there at the tip of your tongue, or it might be. Like when I talked about some professional work things that were really confronting, oh, I knew what was happening. The company was going after my manager, who was a great manager, who was a stellar manager, and I was upset about it, and I stood up for him. That's what the confrontation was. And But it was confronting myself internally because I hadn't really dealt with my emotions and the fears and everything else that was rolling along in that. So sometimes it'll be right at the tip of your tongue or it'll be easy to identify. And sometimes it's not as easy to identify. So that's where having a little bit of understanding about your subconscious and unconscious mind is very powerful, in my opinion. And I also say that because I've coached enough people in my lifetime that, you know, this is where we sometimes end up when it's not right there obvious, if it's not like completely obvious and we do a little work there. So I'm going to give you four little exercises that might be helpful to you in this process before I give you some recommendations or some steps to help you move through confrontation. So one thing that I frequently do with people I work with and myself, by the way, I don't recommend anything to you that I don't do myself because I, I, I wouldn't do that. Like I don't, I would not do that. But anyway, so number one is a pro con list. I'm a big fan of a pro con list because it can really help you gain clarity and insight. And so a pro con list can be very helpful. Number two would be to ask yourself, What am I afraid of? What am I dealing with? What is really going on here? To really start an inquiry or be introspective. When did this start? Like with my knee pain, I was like, hmm, when did this start? And was it really from walking the dog? Well, no, I've had, no, I don't, no. Okay, what else is going on? Oh, well, there's a lot going on. So let's look at that. So just to start to be introspective. The next thing, which is written about a lot, which can help you kind of sort things out, is journaling. That's just sitting down with a paper, a pen, or on your computer, whatever, whatever method you choose, and just like letting it flow. Just let her rip and see what you end up with. That can be very telling sometimes. 
And lastly, my fourth suggestion is to talk to a friend or a therapist. So, you know, sometimes when we have a conversation with a friend or a family member, it just comes bubbling up. It just comes right out. So there's four different ideas for things you can do that will help you in this process. So next I want to walk you through some suggestions if you're dealing with confrontation. And I have, I have several. So uh, there you go. So number one would be to recognize that you're being confronted by something and then own it. There is nothing bad about being confronted in life. There's just nothing bad about it. And as I mentioned earlier, it can be from something that's really great. Like I, back in the day as a young young kid, I had prayed for my sister for seven years, seven years nonstop. Like, let me tell you. And, and then I got a sister and, oh, it was very confronting because even when my mom was pregnant, they painted my sister's room blue and told me it's never going to be a girl. Give that up. So then I did get a sister. And of course I was confronted because it was the answer to seven years of prayer. I was confronted in all kinds of ways. So you can be confronted by success or a great relationship. It doesn't have to be something bad. Like confrontation isn't all negative, but it's helpful to recognize that you're being confronted. This is really helpful and then own it. My next suggestion is if it's possible, if possible, pinpoint what you're being confronted by. And sometimes you could be confronted by multiple things at one time, or you could be confronted by multiple aspects of one situation. So sometimes it's not just one thing, and sometimes it's not just cut and dry, clear and easy. And sometimes it's just hard or at the moment, at the time, impossible to pinpoint what you're being confronted by. And that's okay, because as long as you recognize, well, I'm being confronted by something, then you can start to put together a plan and take actions to take care of yourself and deal with it. So for example, when I bought my first house back in the day, it was under construction. So uh, one of the things I was confronted by was, A, I'd never bought a house before, let alone had one built that was under construction. So I was confronted by the whole problem and issue and uh, thing of getting the house built to my specs, which was not the same as the builder specs. And then I was also confronted by moving and, you know, leaving people I knew. And I was confronted by the fact that it was a sign of success. It was a sign that I had paid off all of my college debt all by myself, saved money in my 401k, and I was doing really well financially with no support or financial help from anyone. So I was confronted by the success of it. So those were three different pieces of one thing, buying a house, that showed up that I was confronted by, that I eventually sorted out, by the way. And the other thing that, uh, to give you another example, is sometimes you're confronted by starting a relationship with someone, you know, like even going on a date, but sometimes it's just very confronting to begin a relationship, you know, because sometimes that drudges up 
your past wounds and your hurts or traumas or other issues. Sometimes it's fears and sometimes it's just that it's so great and you're not used to that. So there are multiple things that can be confronting that have multiple pieces. So hopefully those two examples will give you the flavor of what I'm talking about. The third thing I recommend is talk to other people as needed to get a fresh perspective or input because sometimes just talking to the right person will give you a gem, a treasure out of one conversation with the right person at the right time. And I have found it very, very valuable when I'm confronting something, uh, you know, to be frank, to talk to other people, although there are some things in my life that I cannot talk to other people about because it wouldn't be appropriate. You just don't reveal everything about what's going on because people de deserve confidentiality and they deserve that, that your business with them is going to be respected. So, um, I'm just suggesting that sometimes that can be helpful uh, when it's appropriate. And number four, if fears are at play, which is oh so common, it's just common and there's nothing wrong with it, then deal with your fears. Fear is one of those emotions that we typically have very little facility with. We just aren't really good with fear. And I remember reading whew, back in the day, um, a book called Think and Grow Rich, a classic by Napoleon Hill, which I highly, highly, highly recommend to everyone I work with and, and just people in general I recommend it to. But uh, Napoleon Hill has a chapter about fear. I don't remember what he said because it was too long ago. But I remember being really impactful and being like, wow, this is something to grow and develop. So we don't typically talk about fear. So but I'm telling you, as I already covered in the podcast, that's a common element for confrontation. You know, like fear of, oh my gosh, now I have this house. What if I lose my job? What if something happens? Blah, blah, blah. You know, fears are common and you want to start to deal with them. And I do have a podcast on fear, which could be helpful. Next, my next suggestion is growth and development. Obviously, I am a diehard fan of growth and development because it's what all my materials fall under. Everything I, I do falls under the, the area of growth and development. And from my perspective, not just from my own life, but from all the people I've worked with over too many years, this is the access to love. This is the access to happiness. This is the access to all the good stuff. So you want to get on the road of growth and development with, you know, several priorities. One of them being to grow your emotional abilities to be a superpower because your emotional capacity could be a superpower if you knew how to navigate your emotions. And that's what we mostly, we don't know. We don't teach people that. You could, you could become a psychiatrist, a medical doctor, or a therapist and never get any training in, in emotional intelligence. So I have lots of podcasts that will help you grow your emotional abilities, but growth and development is going to help you when you're dealing with any type of confrontation in life. Next, I recommend that you boost or grow your self-care and self-compassion. It's one of the foundational things I recommend to everyone I work with and in most all of my podcasts. Why? 
because it helps you feel better. It helps you take care of yourself. Self-compassion is especially missing in the world and in society. And that's where you're really kind to yourself. And that's a process. That, that's a muscle you grow over time. I don't know how long it took me to grow that. But I, I do remember when I started it. And I do have a podcast about that. So I think you'll possibly enjoy that. And the story I tell in it about how I went on that journey. So if you recognize that you're dealing with confrontation in life in any capacity, my suggestion, boost your self-care and self-compassion right away. So boost your self-care. If you're not doing that, I've got plenty of material to help you with that. And then start the journey of self-compassion because it feels so much better. All right. The next thing I suggest is affirmations to support forward movement. Now affirmations, if you're unfamiliar with them, take advantage of neuroplasticity of the brain and can rewire what's in your subconscious unconscious mind and develop new neuronal pathways, which is very exciting. So whether you've determined what you're being confronted by or if you're dealing with confrontation, affirmations can be wildly helpful to you to have a happy and powerful life. I do talk more about affirmations in my subconscious and unconscious mind podcast, which this is not that. So I'm just going to give you some examples of some affirmations that would support you if you're dealing with confrontation of any kind. Now, um, well, the podcast on subconscious, unconscious mind gets into it much more detail. But here's some examples. Uh, I got this. I can do it. It's all going to work out well. I deserve happiness. I deserve love. I deserve money. I deserve to be treated really well. I deserve success. You get the idea. You're going to, even if you haven't pinpointed what you're being confronted by, you know, you can, you know, set up an affirmation or two or multiple ones to reinforce what you're dealing with. Even if you're not pinpointed exactly, you'll probably have some general idea. And the whole concept of neuroplasticity of the brain is so exciting and so amazing. It has upended medicine. So this is something I highly recommend to the people I work with myself. I've done it forever um, because it's effective and it's cheaper than going to therapy and unpacking it or doing all these other processes which I have done many by the way to you know to get at what's in your subconscious all right next I recommend get therapy a life coach or supported in some way so here's the thing about therapy I want to say I don't I don't, I don't know if I've ever said this in a podcast but I think it deserves to be said and here's seems like a good time to say it only the relatively healthiest people in life will go to therapy. The most unhealthy people will not go to therapy, not ever, or they'll go to therapy and lie their face off. Because here's the thing. So M. Scott Peck was a medical doctor now, God rest his soul. He's the author of several books, most notably or most famous, probably The Road Less Traveled. But he was also the author of the book People of a Lie and so I think I think he might have written like eight books. Anyway, he wrote in one of his books that having uh, going to therapy is like having your life looked at under a microscope to see if your life map shores up. Is your life map true and accurate? Because if you have a cognitive distortion, 
or some other irrational thinking, your life map isn't going to be true and accurate because your thinking is distorted. So it, it has been written beyond by M. Scott Peck that only the healthiest people will actually go to therapy because all you're basically doing is looking at your life under a microscope with someone else and then seeing, does my behavior, does my life, you know, is it true and accurate or do I have some mismatch? So there should be no shame or embarrassment, in my opinion, in going to therapy or get support or get a life coach or create a team. Whatever you need, just go get it. My next suggestion is ask for help when you need to. Listen, people. There is no shame or embarrassment in, in asking or needing help. I have to tell you, last year I had all these terrible, terrible things happen. Oh, it was so painful. I can't even I can't even speak publicly about it because it involved too many other people and too many other bad behaviors that were really not okay. So I was I had a job I was working, I was going to work every day. Nobody at work had any idea of what I was dealing with. Although I can say one of them was my mother had passed. So that was obviously clearly painful and hard. And there were too many, like seven major things that were painful going on. And I was, I had to move and I just couldn't get it together for the move. And I mean, working was fine. Everything else was fine. I just needed help with moving because it was too much for me. So I asked for help. I put it on, <laughs> I put out an SOS and um, I got the help that I needed and it was, it was amazing. And I call these people my rescue heroes, but even going back to college, I, I ended up starting in, uh, with other people, this group of us started a new organization on campus and our international organization really wasn't that highly skilled at that time with helping new chapters get started. So, and they were frank about it. I was the president at the time. They were like, well, you know, there's only three of you. So three meaning new chapters. And we haven't done this in a long time and we don't really know what we're doing. And I was like, wow, okay, that's really helpful. I guess I need to go get some other help from somewhere else because they couldn't really help me. So I went to the president of the uh, Kyomegas and Paleolithic Council and they were really helpful. They were like wildly helpful. So when you need help, there should be no shame or embarrassment in asking for help. I mean, I just said, look, our national only has three new colonies. They don't know what they're doing. I have some questions. Will you help me? And they were, they were very helpful. I will never forget the help that they gave me. So just don't have any shame or embarrassment in asking for help for whatever it is you need help for. I mean, I don't. I mean, you can keep shame and embarrassment, but they're not really powerful. My next suggest suggestion is that celebrate that you're now awake and aware of this common phenomenon. I mean, woohoo for you. Like, really? It's time to celebrate. Even if you don't know what you're confronted by, even if you feel like your life is a mess, even if, you know, you're dealing with terrible, painful things and traumas and whatnot, why not celebrate? Hey, look at me. I'm doing this because the reality is very a very low percentage of people do what you're doing. Listen to this podcast, for example. So my suggestion always is celebrate yourself, acknowledge yourself. I mean, I do it all the time, and everyone I work with has to do it too. I mean, I will say, okay, now you need to go celebrate yourself. How are you going to do that? 
between now and our next call, how are you going to celebrate yourself? And, uh, you know, and make it fun. Okay. I mean, just like, this is time to celebrate. Life is so hard. You want to celebrate every little thing and every little milestone and every little accomplishment. Trust me, that's a good idea. My next suggestion is to be up to something in life. Now, it doesn't have to be something huge. But being up to something in life is very powerful. And we know that from the research because what we know from the research is setting goals of any kind and then taking actions towards those goals will absolutely help you be happier. So you don't have to be out to change the world, but you could be up to cleaning up your house or getting in shape or helping someone else with a project. You know, you could it could be something from a bucket list. If you don't have a bucket list, you could make one. If you don't have dreams for your life, you could start that. Being up to something in life is, is so powerful because it can pull you forward when life is hard. Trust me, I know all about hardships. <laughs> I'm the expert in hardships, actually. I'm not only the expert in happiness, ha being well-loved and, and happy and healthy. Uh, th I got there from massive traumas and hardships. So be up to something in life, period, whatever it is. Number 12, I don't think I've ever suggested this in a podcast or in any fashion, actually. But in this format, when you're being confronted by something, I am, I am suggesting it today, which is to power through it. So this is not something I typically recommend. But at the same time, confrontation can be tricky. Confrontation can be complicated and messy, and sometimes it's hard to sort out. So if you're not highly skilled in your emotions, which means most people, most people don't have high emotional intelligence, it can be really messy and tricky and complicated to sort out. So even though I'm a fan, diehard fan, major fan, captain fan of the team of developing emotions as your superpower that takes time and that's a process so at this point if you're dealing with some type of confrontation in life you know if you're confronted by something good or bad positive or negative happy or what not not happy you might just have to power through it so you know you could have be confronted by something like anger or resentment or bitterness about something that you're not aware of. Because if you grew up in a family where you were not allowed to be angry, you don't typically have anger skills. We don't often see people who grew up in a family where anger or sadness was not allowed grow up and have great skills with sadness and anger. It happens. It just doesn't happen that often. So you might have to power through it. And I hope that you're going to employ the other steps and not just go, okay, I'll just power through it. No, no, no. I've, I've covered 11 steps. This is the 12th step. Power through it. But I, I don't want you to power through it without, you know, being awake and aware and starting your, your, your growth and development, trying to pinpoint. I, I want you to go through all of these steps. This is like the last thing I recommend, but I'm hoping that you're going to do all the other 11 but power through it, that could be like what I call white, white knuckle driving or, you know, holding on for dear life. 
but take actions, take more actions, and take more actions to power through it. So here's your takeaways from this podcast. Number one, it's time to understand that life can be confronting. It can be a little confronting or it can be wildly confronting and have that be accepted and known. Number two, it's time to recognize that when you're confronted, it can show up in your body or, you know, as pain or some physical ailment and there's something you can do about it. And lastly, it's time to recognize that when you grow and develop, when you put yourself on the road to grow and develop, life becomes easier because you have skills and abilities to make life easier. It's not that life gets easier. Life is hard. But when you have skills and abilities, it takes the edge off and it makes it easier. So as far as my call to action, it's time to recognize that dealing with confrontation is just part of life and have it be a part of life. Have it added to your skill set. And it's time to get your family and friends or your posse or your tribe or the people you work with or whomever to go on this journey with you because it'll be more fun. And lastly, my call to action is to share this podcast on social media with your friends and family or other people to help them have a better life. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 47, Being Confronted with Life. I hope that you're going to start taking actions and recognize and deal with confrontation, stress, and your emotions. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you get the new ones automatically. And definitely please share this with the people you care about. You can connect with me at my website at www.lisaalundy.com and I hope you'll register for my giveaway. I love you. I appreciate you. Take care for now.